What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another very special edition of the Burnout Brighter podcast. My name is Matt. I'll be your host for this evening's events. I'm joined, as always, by my wonderfully lovely co-host, Darren. Infinite Darren. Infinite Darren. Darren, I gotta say, like pretty much over the course of the past month, you have been the constant. You were gone for a few months, and now Destiny and I are kind of like flip-flopping, taking turns, hanging out with you by ourselves. Uh, evidently, this is because of a feud that Destiny and I have going, uh, as you alluded to last week. Uh, I'm not allowed to be in the trailer with her anymore, um, and uh, we can't be on the show together. It's just this: the rest of this year is just going to be us trading places. Uh, it's sorry. like spouse swap, but you're the spouse that always stays. Yeah, I didn't want to break it to you. I felt I felt bad having to, you know, tell our audience that. But, you know, the truth had to come out eventually. Um, so sorry you did not make the trailer cut. You know what? I'm, I'm just upset because, uh, okay, you know what, listeners, uh, I have to be honest with you. Uh, there's a very real reason why uh, Destiny and I have been fighting. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. And that's actually because... Um, as much as I thought I was Mr. Midas's favorite, he keeps saying he's team destiny and it keeps making me upset and I've been taking it out on her and, uh, it's just not been good. So, uh, you know what, this is actually Midas's fault. So let's just put the blame on him. Uh, because Thanks, he, Midas. Keeps, he keeps, t- he keeps whispering in my ear, but then telling him, telling everybody he's team destiny. I don't know what to believe anymore, Darren. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you know, yeah. in this feud, I had to try my best to make up for the fact that that I was also a constant in the previous month, but the opposite of a constant appearance, a constant <laughs> absence. So, yeah, exactly. Well, then, uh, if nothing, Darren, you are at least consistently inconsistent. Um, Thank you. But on this week's show, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of news about some PSVR 2, about some Mario Kart, about some E3. So strap in because it's going to be one hell of a ride. Uh, and this is episode 123. That's right. Yes. Our mental health series is on the way. By the time this goes live, the first episode will be debuting the following Monday. So if you're listening to us the week it comes out, the following Monday is when our first episode will go live, along with an episode coming every week after that for a two or so months. Uh, so get ready. We've been reporting them. We've been lining things up. We're all very, very excited about the episodes that we've done so far. And we I know we have even more great stuff to come. Um, so Destiny will be back in full force next week. This uh, first of the year episode that we've delayed now a few times because one or the, one or the other of us keeps not showing up um, <laughs> will, will ha- finally happen next week. And you know what, Darren, I have to say, you guys yeah. crushed it last week. Uh, I was Thank listening you. to the podcast and I had a fantastic time listening. And it's funny because I was playing it over the speakers and Senna was like actually sitting here and she finished what she was doing beside me and then just stayed for the entirety of the rest of the podcast because she, she was having fun listening to it. Um, oh. I, I got to say, I think it was as much, uh, Darren, as much as I loved Double D's Nuts, I think last week was the the best ebb and flow that you guys have had. Oh. There was so much chemistry flying around. There was just good energy. You guys crushed it. It was an awesome listen. So listeners, Thank if you, you haven't listened to it yet, make sure you go check it out. Uh, and I have a question for you, Darren, because uh, <laughs> yes. there was something you said that you would do on last week's podcast. Um, and like, granted, we're not going to do it right now, but I just want to know if you did it. Uh, because okay. you said that in this normal episode where it would have been the three of us on this week's show, you said you were going to go back and listen to our New Year's resolutions from last year's so that we could compare how successful or not we were. Um, did, you, did you complete your task, Darren? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I forgot. I didn't. Well, it's a good thing you have one more week to do that. Um, and you know what's funny? Oh. I was literally queuing up the podcast when I heard you say it. And I was like, nope. Darren's problem now. He has to take care of it. It's on him to do this for next week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Next week, I'll have to put a reminder in my calendar or something. Otherwise, I'm going to forget again. But I'll <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. 
I have okay, to. I, I have to make you, good on like yeah. I'll. I promise to be better. <laughs> it's just so funny because like literally i was about to do it because i was like okay on this week's show i want to compare what we said blah blah, blah 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 and then i heard your voice be like yeah i'll listen to the episode i was like damn right you will haha <laughs> passing the buck relieving myself of responsibility by no fault of my happen. own uh, i'll do it i'll do it <laughs> exactly i believe in you buddy all right darren let's Thanks. jump in what's new what's been going okay. on what have you been playing what have you been doing how, how well, you been i am currently opening up my calendar on my phone to make good on <laughs> watch episode on new year's you gotta get just yeah and um i put it for uh saturday there we go 7 a.m no that's too okay. early 11 a.m good all right it's in my calendar so <laughs> to answer your I did uh-huh. it. I had to do it. I genuinely am so forgetful. Um, oh, I have, been, I've been good. I've been, uh, you know, getting ready. I've been like ramping up to to get back to work, and um, haven't really got a chance uh, to play too much new. So what I mm-hmm. have been doing is I got bit by the Final Fantasy uh, fourteen crafting bug again, uh, where I spend. Okay genuine hours of my time uh traveling to different trees around eorzea and whacking them with an axe uh to harvest their ingredients to get more you know ingredient stuff and more ingredients uh to craft new things because i was like i wanted like this is the first time i've ever been like current for a new expansion so i wanted like the whole mm-hmm. experience i wanted to have my gear to raid and then i wanted to have my like what's the word i wanted to have like food but because you need buffs for raids you need your gear and you need buffs so i had Mm -hmm. my i want to make food i'm a culinarian you and i both have this final fantasy 14 cookbook with us so i want to also level up my culinarian in game but to do that, I need better right. gathering to find the better ingredients. And I need to level up my culinarian so that it can actually craft the higher level um, like food. And I tell you one thing, though, regardless of how much grinding there is to get ready for a raid at first, because you have to get your gear ready, cr- grinding mm-hmm. for like trying to do end game crafting is so much worse. Oh, my God. Like, really? Really? Yeah, because like like I said, genuinely hours of move like going from tree to tree to level up, and then to level up my crafter, I need to like just make a bunch of items a million times, and then once you're at max level, you have to now mm-hmm. go grind some more to get scripts to turn in to get materia to put into your gear, but you can't just fill your slots. No, you have to over meld them, which only has like a small percentage Mm -hmm. chance of working. And if it doesn't work, you lose the materia. You're probably going to lose a lot of materia. So you got to craft a lot of items to get a lot of materia so that you can finally get the mats. And maybe I'm just like dumb and I'm just not doing this efficiently. I've been trying to look up guides to do it fast and uh it's mm-hmm. just not you know it's it's just not it's just not it's just not it's just not 
for me. Do you enjoy do you do you enjoy this, Darren? I do. I actually like it for some <laughs> reason. I don't well, know there why. As There's long something as you like it. That's all that matters. There's just something relaxing about like sitting in a pretty little area, taking out a frying pan mm-hmm. and making some rarefied spaghetti. Like it's okay, just Okay, well then there you go. So I don't know. That's what it is. And I did actually do some raiding and I beat uh, the first two extreme trials of the new expansion. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. That sounds good. But yeah, that's... Oh, one other thing I have to say before I pass it on to you. The thing I wanted to tell you is I discovered in my Final Fantasy trials and travels and right. tribulations, there is a Netflix show called Dad of Light. That is a Japanese drama about a father and son who reconnect over playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Are you fucking with me right now? That's an actual show? This is an actual show. I saw someone tweet about it, and I thought they were joking, and I looked it up. It's a real show. It's eight episodes. Each episode is 24 minutes. And apparently it's based on a true story about a dad who quits his job and his son thinks that he can use his character in Final Fantasy as a way to reconnect with him. Is this a good... Did you watch this show? I didn't, because I just found out about it literally sitting on the toilet 10 minutes before we recorded this. This has like a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, 85% of Google users like the show. Maybe there's something to the show, Darren. I think I have to watch it. It's got tons of footage of the actual game, and it looks like it came out just after Heavensward, so it might also be kind of a neat time capsule to see what the game was like, like, six years ago. You should watch this, Darren, and then let us know what you think, because it sounds like a quick watch, and it also sounds like completely up your alley. I think I'm going to have to watch it, as well as watching our podcast. Matt, (laughs) how have you been doing? What is up with you? Uh, it's been a roller coaster for a few weeks, my friend. Yeah, I missed last week's show um, because we got the uh, good old um, Pandorama uh, boosters. So we got completely yes. leveled. Uh, I, t- I took this one much better than the last one. I was unwell for only about 24 hours to like 30 hours last time. Last time I was down for like two days. Um, my partner said I took it much worse. She was not feeling well. Uh, on top of dealing with, you know, uh, a household COVID case, which has now uh, been resolved. Everybody's well. Nobody, luckily, outside of the one person who was sick, nobody else caught it. So Good. I basically, Darren, this is a long way of say, me saying that I had a lot of time to play games. Um, and boy games did I play. So, uh, back when we were doing extra life, um, you know, I beat death's door. I entirely finished it on, on on our extra life stream. Uh, great game, a lot of fun combat, super satisfying. It's a good length. The writing is clever. Um, every time you beat a boss, you do like a eulogy for the boss and kind of actually learn a little bit about their backstory. It's actually a super great. Yeah, it's it actually gave them a, a lot more depth than them just being, you know, bad guys bad. You get you kind of see what, you know, and why they ended up as as a villain. Um it's it, I really enjoyed it despite it being about birds. Um <laughs> played Katamari Tomasi reroll. Um and then I played finish. we played some Resident Evil Um and then we played some Resident <laughs> Evil Village. Um you know, we got fun. past Lady Dimitrescu's uh uh castle and I'm going to be going back to that on stream probably this week. Uh, I haven't touched it since because like I started on stream. I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep doing this on stream. I uh, played the forgotten city. That was a great game. 
really enjoyed it. Did you play Did it you yet, Darren? Because I know you picked it up. Yeah. Oh, wow. One sitting. I didn't realize you can actually... It's that short. I did it in like four-ish hours, I want to say. Oh, wow. That's... that's Yeah. I Okay. So I did buy it. I did pick it up. I haven't played it yet. Uh, my mom's actually been using uh, the PS4 to play it herself. Um, and so she's... The Forgotten it. City? I think yeah. she's been enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, but nice, I yeah. haven't played it. Yeah, for anybody who's looking for like a cool mystery, um, you know, a mystery game, I literally knew next to nothing about it. I just knew it was like a mystery detective-like game, and I knew there's a lot of people really raving about it, and it's on Game Pass, so I decided to check it out. Really enjoyed it. Um, I think the ending loses itself a little bit, and, and it's all... I just... See, my my issue, Darren, and maybe maybe this is just kind of with, with the genre as a whole, I have so much more fun with the process than I do the resolution most of the times in games like these, that it's like... It's it's very hard for me in like a detective esque like you know based game that I enjoy the ending as much as I did the ride there because the ride to there is fantastic and all there's like there's multiple yeah. endings there's a lot of things that you can do differently um, but it wasn't a bad ending by any means I just had so yeah. much fun getting there that I was you know I was kind of like okay it, you know it ended I, yeah I think that is pretty par for the course with a lot of these kinds of games uh, because I mean mm-hmm. yeah you're trying to find a solution but the the most fun part about detective things is trying to solve it. So when it's over, you're always Mm -hmm. like, Oh man, it's all right. I guess it's over. And actually that's why I want to shout out. And I know you haven't been able to play it because of genuine motion sickness, but that's why I like Mm -hmm. the outer wild so much. Uh, It's a extremely similar concept to the forgotten city, which I found out the forgotten city Mm -hmm. actually predates outer wilds because it was originally a Skyrim. Okay. Um, All right, I didn't know that. Full game, yeah. Mm. Uh, but Outer Wilds resolution actually does live up to the process, in my opinion, and uh, that's pretty rare for these. And that's of games. fair. And usually, I just like the process. I mean, I like the process better, but I kind of, I don't mind. I'm like, I just had fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so I enjoyed that. It's on Game Pass if you're curious to check it out. Uh, I platinumed both Marvel Spider-Man Remastered and uh, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, I'm nice. not one for chasing plats, but I was like, you know what? After No Way Home, Spider-Man. I'm kind of feeling the spider bug. Um, yeah. So I replayed the remastered because I never I never played the remastered. Uh, and goddamn, Darren, these games are so much better than I remember. I remember really, really liking them. But like, I just remember them being like, oh, it's a cool Spider-Man game. No, these are legit fucking fantastic games. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it was. If maybe it's just like, again, time and place of when I played them initially. Um, but like sitting down and just kind of really like immersing myself in them back to back. Fantastic. What a, what yeah. a, what a great set of games. Super excited for Spider-Man 2. Uh, and still then I just, played. Darren, as of actually. Oh, sorry. I, I, it's just, Miles. I still haven't played Miles Morales. I've uh, been waiting for that PS4. I mean, PS5. And I want to play it really badly. As soon as I get my hands on a PS5, I Miles Morales is going to be one of the first games I play. Because the yeah, you're right. The rich, yeah. like the Spider-Man Insomniac game is genuinely fantastic. And I know people love to talk about how much how great the the original Spider-Man Two video game is, but I guarantee you the Insomniac mm-hmm. game probably blows it out of the water. I haven't replayed it, but I oh, guarantee yeah. the Insomniac game is like the best yeah. Spider-Man game made. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Easy. Um, And like, I was, I remember when I initially beat Miles, when it originally came out back when I got the PS5, I was like, you know what, I got the plat for the original Spider-Man. I'll get this one too. But it actually requires you to do New Game Plus. 
So at the time, I was uh, like, "Fuck no, am I doing that right now?" I don't like to. Put, I don't like to replay games generally. I very, very, yeah. very rarely replay games. Uh, but I was just kind of, you know, I was in the mood, um, so I did it, and I really, really enjoyed it. Really loved it. Uh, and I just finished Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, as Yo, of a couple hours ago, like that? I beat it. Finally, it's fine. It's good. It's mm-hmm. good. I have. I, there are some very, very high highs that, like, when everything is clicking and running and shit is happening, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and some of those like fights are genuinely spectacular. Um, yeah. And I enjoyed it a lot more playing it more like Monster Hunter than like a standard action game, which is how I originally sure. approached it. Because when the first game, the game initially came out, I was playing Breath of the Wild and that at the same time. And my brain just couldn't yeah. land on the difference in, in play style, um, especially because like Breath of the Wild is very open. You can climb anything. Horizons World is very definitively not. You're very much yeah. locked in your path uh, even even in you know in an open world, um, yeah. so I really enjoyed it for what it was. I'm curious to to jump into the uh, the frozen wilds. The frozen Are you going to do the frozen wilds? Yeah, because I got the like the ultimate edition Horizon right. game, so I have like the the expansion. So it might as well. It's like only apparently like yeah, six sure. or seven hours. So sure, sure. Um, I'm curious because I mean with Forbidden West right around the corner. Um, yeah. But yeah, like sometimes the combat, the combat didn't feel as precise as I wanted. Like sometimes I felt like I really rolled out of the way and I still got clobbered for half my health. Um, sometimes the writing was just laughingly, <laughs> like, like laughingly bad. Like there yeah. are some really like, there are some like big moments in the game that they really like try and be like, look how emotional this is. This side character yeah. that you're supposed to really care about just lost someone important to them. He's crying. Isn't it sad? And the dialogue is just so <laughs> like cringeworthy at moments that I just genuinely, <laughs> I was laughing and like, I shouldn't have been. Um, but like the combat's like the combat's great. Aloy's a great character. The world is super interesting. I think that that game, I really think that the Forbidden West is going to be the kind of Uncharted 2 to, you know, Zero Dawn's Uncharted 1. I really yeah. do feel like Forbidden West stands a chance to be like a big drop, a big jump in quality, uh, a big jump in kind of, you know, the quality of life and its combat and its traversal. Because I think that was one of my least favorite things about Zero Dawn is how clunky and slow the traversal is. Like if you like fast traveling around the world. A requires resources, which like aren't expensive, but still, until you know you unlock the the unlimited way to do so. And then on top of that, like even if you fast travel, if there isn't somewhere nearby that you can, over, like there isn't a creature you can override, you're just stuck fucking running the rest of the way. Yeah, and like, <laughs> and like Zero Dawn did the same thing that pissed me off with Control, which is the ending is just a massive clusterfuck of here are all these enemies thrown at you, and that's all it is. There's nothing else to it. Like I I thought yeah. like the 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 final mission was incredibly lackluster. Like really there's the first section is yeah. The first section and spoilers for horizon zero dawn. I'm not going to give any narrative stuff away, but like it's been the first so part long. of that. Yeah. The first part of that final mission is literally just standing there with a cannon and just fighting waves of enemies who are the same enemies over and over and over again until they start fucking flying at you. And then you're still the best way to do it is to use this cannons. You're just getting bombarded from every direction. Then you have like a fucking, I shit you not, like a three-minute run to the next yeah. spot, which is like the final area of the game, and then it's the same kind of monster, or like that you just fought, like four of them, with a bunch of item monsters thrown in. It's yeah. just like th- there needs to be something more than just here are all these enemies, kill them, and like I feel like this this isn't a 
unique problem to Zero Dawn, nor was it to Control. Yeah. I think that just like for both this and Control, there's so much awesome buildup for it, the mm-hmm. finale to just be, here's all the shit thrown at you. Good fucking luck. Um, yeah. That it's it's just, I just, it was just, just wasn't that fun. I don't know, Darren, am I off base here? No, I think, I think you have something uh, with that. Um, I think uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is one of those games where unfortunately the, like you have some good characters, but what helps Horizon Zero Dawn a lot is it's really strong. It's got a really strong, like, plot and lore. Like, I think the plot is really interesting. And I think the lore of the world mm, and the, the world plot. itself yeah. is really interesting. But yeah, like, the characters mm-hmm. and the writing is kind of lackluster. Thankfully, it's so unique a world that it's okay. And the. Mm-hmm. The buildup of like growing from someone who's just getting out fighting smaller creatures to the power fantasy of being able to take down these massive creatures is very engaging. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of good progression. Um, yeah. So I can I can see what you'd be saying about like the finale being kind of kind of boring because it's like, I mean, it, it's nothing special. It's just fighting things you've fought before but more of them and i also generally don't like that kind of a a final boss fight either and i think you hit something there too darren that i actually just realized i don't get outside of aloy i don't a remember and i just finished or b care about a single one of the other characters yeah yeah like don't none of them are none of them are inherently memorable none of them are that likable it's like i have this weird like narrative dissonance with the way that the characters speak which is like some of them speak like somebody you talk to at a bar and somebody some of them speak like with this very like um hard tone like even like your i forgot the guy's name your your roast roost what the hell's his name the main guy that it raises you i cannot remember like he's second regardless he's he has this like almost like primitive like which is how they're kind of they're selling the world like speech pattern (laughs) and then you talk to somebody else and it's like it's like a dude you speak to at a bar now it's just like i don't know i think that like the monster design is so spectacular and some of those fights are so incredible and like you said the world itself Mm -hmm. is it's it's so rich in what it is Mm -hmm. it i just the rest of it around it i'm kind of like yeah yeah that's fair but I'm excited. I'm excited to see what comes next because I genuinely do think that like I've heard good things about the expansion, and I really do believe that the next one is going to be like a big step up in terms of quality and yeah, in terms of like a you lot know, of what potential. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm I'm excited for that to come. Um, I, yeah. So I mean, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see, Darren. But everybody knows that right now it's just a big old holding pattern uh, for backlog catch up for what will be the absolute shit show that is February. Um, along with the um, possible shit show that will be Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, which I'm still <laughs> excited about at the end of this month. Uh, but without further ado, Darren, using this horizon as as a bedrock to segue, because um, let's let's talk about a bunch of news. We're going to start uh, with with one of our with one of my favorite news topics of this week, and something that I'm incredibly excited for, and I'm genuinely excited to hear what your thoughts are about it. Uh, pulling from IGN, written by Taylor Lyle. Lyles. I apologize if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, Taylor. L-Y-L-E-S. I'm going to run with Lyles. Uh, Sony confirms its next VR headset is called PSVR 2. During its CES 2022 (laughs) press conference, Sony shared new new details on its upcoming successor to the PSVR, confirming that the PSVR 2 is the official name of the next-gen head-mounted display. 
Uh, we also went on to learn about the new Sense controllers, which will offer things such as haptic feedback, um, which is something that we've seen in the DualSense controller. Uh, it's going to have an OLED display with a 2000 by 2040 per eye panel resolution. The headset will also support between 90 hertz and 120 hertz with a field of view approximately 110 degrees. Uh, also four cameras on the headset uh, for eye tracking, which means you're not going to need your PSVR camera uh, to, to, to play this. This is going to be everything in the headset and a single cord, a single USB-C um, type plugin with the first game that we've seen, Horizon Call of the Mountain, which is co-developed by Guerrilla Games and Fire Sprite Games, um, which was just acquired by PlayStation last September, but it's being built specifically for PSVR 2. We still do not know when it's coming. We still do not know its price point. We still haven't actually seen the headset, but we do have confirmation of a number of its specs and along with um, you know what, what the controllers look like, which we've seen uh, mid last year. Darren, before I jump into this, uh, you own a PSVR. We're, we're both we're both fans of our PSVR. What yes. did the news of PSVR 2 do to you? And how do you feel? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Where, where are your thoughts at on PSVR 2? I, I like the way that you phrase like, what did it do to you? What did this news mm-hmm. do to you? Did it hurt you? Exactly. Did it make you mm-hmm. excited? It did a lot of it did a lot of things that I, I can't talk about because they're not PG. Um, and enough. good thing we're not a PG podcast. So uh, tell us your feelings. What did it do? <laughs> no, it, so... I think I did get very excited. Like I, I think Sony announced everything that I kind of wanted out of it. Like there wasn't anything mm-hmm. that disappointed me about the announcement. The, I know some people are like, oh, they kind of confirmed that it's going to be wired based on the specifications. If you look mm-hmm. at the specs, they didn't mention that it was wireless. Well, whereas they mentioned the controllers were wireless. So you think that they probably also mentioned if the headset was, but like that doesn't bother me. I think... I I also I'm I don't want to make promises, but I feel like I also have to go back to the episode where we were uh, talking about predictions for PSVR. I I think I predicted that it was going to be wired, and I think that I'm very happy I made that prediction because the problem is is like this headset <laughs> is they're trying to make it really high tech, right? And at the same time, mm-hmm. they're trying to make it not like a complete pat like battery destroyer. If you want high tech equipment, mm. you can't put a battery in it because the battery's just going to drain too quickly. So I think they made the right call making it wired because guess what they put in it? They put in 4K. They put in inside out tracking. They put in uh, uh OLED. They put in like mm-hmm. all this stuff that uh basically everybody wants out of a headset. Minus maybe like, I know there are some people that still are really into like the sensor tracking on the outside because it is the most accurate form of tracking. But like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's ever going to catch on. I don't think you'll ever have people that are like totally willing to accept. I have to place freaking sensors all over my room to get cameras them. around. Yeah. Like people accept it. It's just never going to go mainstream. Um, no. And so like the controllers that we've already known about for a while uh sound also good they've got touch touch sensitive buttons they've got like they gave us the full button layout it sounds like it's actually got less buttons than the move controllers correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think it matters Uh, because it's got sticks now yeah like i don't think they needed as many buttons as the move controllers because some of those buttons were just making up for the fact that there was no sticks on on the controllers um 
So it looks like it has the sticks. It has the it has the triangle square on your left, the circle X on your right, uh, with stuff on your on your fingers for like it has the triggers on the back. Pro- still. Probably two triggers. So in terms, yeah, of, like L one R one. In terms of its in terms of its like amount of buttons, it does seem to be roughly about the same. But no, it definitely has less because you're right. The PS Move controllers have uh, all four on each. The the X yeah. cross square circle Y uh, circle triangle. So I do think that this is going to have less. It's just I also think that the button no, layout it looks well, much the, better on these. Does it have two controllers? Does it does it, does the new controllers have two triggers? Uh, let me see here. I can see. It looks like there's one on your finger, and mm. there's another like on your palm almost. If okay, that makes sense. then. I might be wrong, actually. It's not like I, I it's might... not like two like this. It's like one here and one on the side of the controller. If I'm explaining this properly, it, yeah, it might be about the same. I can't do, remember how that these... evens out. Because yeah, because these are drastically different than the Move controllers. Like these look a lot more like the Oculus controllers or the Vive controllers. Yeah. Which ones are these reminding me yeah. of? Yeah, the Oculus controllers. I one think. of the two. Oculus, thank you. Um, um, or maybe Vive. Yeah, I think Vive has no, no. It's Oculus with that it has like the weird circle wraparound thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, it just it's just a great announcement, and uh, like, yeah, I'm just really happy uh, that it seems like Sony is still putting VR in like the forefront. Uh, and the only thing I know this is such like a stupid thing, but like it, I am kind of disappointed they didn't show us what the headset looks like. They've literally told us like everything else about it. Why don't you just? Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to see it. I want to see what it looks like. I want to see that it's real probably they haven't like fully confirmed the exact design of it yet and i think i I think i predicted that it was going to come out i actually i might have predicted it was going to come out last year which was really stupid or no i predicted that they were going to show it off last year but they didn't and then they showed it off this year i don't think it's going to come out this year unfortunately um, see i don't but, know okay uh, so a couple a, a couple things a couple things from for my side of it I, I think you're right i think that them using a wire makes a lot of sense because on top of on top of all the things that you said that make perfect sense a battery also just a takes takes up space and b adds weight to the entire thing and that was one of my favorite yeah. things about the psvr is how light and it's fine and, and like, yes. you know, it's form factor because it is incredible in my opinion it is by far the most comfortable out of all the headsets that i've tried uh we just recently went yeah. to like a vr arcade just a few months ago and we used what vibes right darren those are vibes that we were using yeah it's vibes at the vr arcade those were heavy and my neck genuinely was like bugging me by the end of it like we, we spent a couple hours there which had never happened to me with my psvr so yeah. like i'm glad like i don't mind a single cable a single USB-C. i think is a, a completely rational ask because on top of that, Darren, I have a strong worry that this thing is going to be fucking expensive. Given the yeah, tech I think and so given that the controllers that are coming into it, coming with it, I think this is going to be Canadian as a bundle, at least like I because I if I remember correctly, the bundle for the OG, which came with the camera, the headset, the two move controllers, and the demo disc was like eight hundred Canadian after tax. I wouldn't be surprised if this seven hundred ish. It was like between just it was like between seven hundred and eight hundred. It was like seven hundred twenty or something. I think after tax, this could easily be a grand. I think after tax, this will easily be a grand Canadian. Um, I I think I they might want to try and go a little bit underneath, but like, see, I I really love everything that I'm hearing. Um, especially the stuff with like the foveated lenses too, if I, if I'm pronouncing that properly, where like, depending on where you're le- looking, the frame rate will change around you to enhance what you're looking at, which I really yeah, hope it's got will make eye a tracking in terms of people. 
Exactly. So I hope that makes a difference for people who might have, yeah, for people who might be motion, who might deal with motion sickness and stuff. I hope that makes a difference for them um, because like, you're not going to be, you're not going to need a camera. It's going to be tracking you much better. Um, I like the look of the controllers. I'm very excited about everything that they're doing with this, but my main concern right now is twofold. A price, because it's going to be a costly buy-in. I, I'm worried that PlayStation is going to look at the sales of this thing because I do think it's going to come out this year. I think if everything kind of stays on track, we could very easily see this being like a November, October, November launch this year. Um, mm-hmm. Wouldn't surprise me if it slips to next year, but I, I could see a world where this does come out this year. Um, yes. And I, I'm nervous that they're going to look at initial sales numbers, which probably won't be that high, not only because people, it's going to be an expensive product, but not enough people are going to have PS5s who even if they do want to jump in, they will first need a PS5 to be able to jump in. Um, so I, I'm curious to see how that's going to shake out. Uh, along the lines of also backwards compatibility, given how this is an entirely new tracking method, I wonder how backwards compatible your OG PSVR games are going to be. Um, just because I wonder how much development would have to go into kind of bringing them all up to snuff to this new headset, given now it's a different tracking system. It's a different, um, you know, the controllers are different. Everything about it's different. It's not just, here's a new controller, you know, like the, it, I, I can imagine there being a bunch of VR games that won't work on PSVR two that did on PSVR one. Um, and the other thing that I'm very curious about, and I have two theories for this, Darren, I, I'll, I want to tell you them and I want you to tell me what you think about my theories. Um, okay. My biggest, biggest, biggest concern with this is first party support. I'm very curious because that was kind of what eventually that's quote unquote killed PSVR is there was a bunch of stuff initially and we got some cool stuff over its lifespan, but then there was a very clear line of being like, there is nothing more that PlayStation themselves are doing to support PSVR anymore. It kind of fell to their wayside. Now I'm of two minds of that. The first being they sold what they wanted to sell, if not more, for their original PSVR. And they're like, let's go full board into this next one. Let's put all of the resources into developing this next one. So this next one's going to be fantastic. That's my optimistic viewpoint. That's my hopeful viewpoint. That's why we saw less games start coming to PSVR is because they started to get ready for what would be PSVR 2. My much more pessimistic side is, no, they just, it's, it's costly. It costs a lot. Maybe they weren't seeing the sales that they wanted to. But then, like, why go for this? I don't know, Darren. Where am I? At? Where are you at with this? Where, where do you think the support's going to be like for a PSVR two? Well, my first question is, how many first party games were actually on PSVR one? Let me check. Because I don't think uh, because it we was had stuff like lot. we had stuff like because we had stuff from like um, what's it called? We, we uh, had like London, Moss, right? We had like Blood London. and Truth. I think Moss counted as first party. I don't know if it did though. Did it? I don't remember. Uh, Astrobot, Astrobot, oh, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see what else here. Blood uh, and Truth. I think it's just basically Blood and Truth and Astrobot. Because like Concrete Genie, kind of like they did, that was like it a wasn't VR like mode. specifically a VR. Yeah, exactly. Um, was Iron Man first party? Maybe Drive Club and Dreams. Yeah, there was Drive Club VR and there was Dreams. Everybody's Golf VR as well. 
something called anyone's uh, diary nice whatever that is bound was oh, it was published gran turismo gran turismo sport dreams i guess well yeah because i mean pretty much all like there's there's a lot that you can do in dreams there right uh yeah see it seems like what because i'm looking at the list and yeah there were very few actual sony developed vr games like so sorry very quickly uh iron man was in-house it seems it was camouflage i don't know if they're first party but sony published it at least yeah, and then and then you could also maybe say, well, actually, no, I think there's a VR mode on PC as well for No Man's Sky. But um, yeah, it seems like what happened with PSVR, Sony never developed anything in-house, really. It was mostly them publishing other developers to make their games. Um, they never actually went out the gate with a first-party game. I'm going to actually be more positive about this than i think you are because sony never came out the gate with a first party game with psvr1 their big thing that came out was resident evil 7 and that was a capcom game that sony obviously gave them the money to try and like help make it a vr game but this time around they're actually confident enough that they're getting guerrilla games to make a horizon game for psvr2 like that shows how important this is to them and i don't think for a second that they are under the impression that they're going to make like a crap ton of sales right out the gate like they have to know Mm -hmm. that it's not going to be huge at the start the same thing happened that people were saying the same thing when psvr came out they're like oh i don't know if sony's gonna really like these sales but then sony came out and they're like no, we knew it wasn't going to sell like amazing. It's something that's very mm-hmm. expensive. It's very niche. We're just doing this to test the waters. And if it turns out to be as expensive as it's looking to be, I guarantee you they're probably going to be trying to make a profit off of it. They're not going to be selling mm-hmm. this at a loss. I think it costs too much for them to try and sell it at a loss. They're probably going to make a profit. So every sale is going to go back to them. Um, I think that, again... This is a slow ramp up. If the sales for PS5 continue like they're doing, PS5 is going to be an incredibly well-selling console. And PSVR, despite it also being quite expensive at the time, 700 something dollars, $800, still sold better than any other VR headset. And I'm predicting something similar with PSVR 2 for the sole reason you don't need a $3,000 computer to run it. And now I know you don't need that either with Oculus Quest, with Quest, you can mm-hmm. do it wherever you want. You don't need a computer at all, and it's very cheap. But I do think consumers that have PS5s are going to say, I could get a Quest and it could be cheap, but this is this is the best. This over here, this is the Lamborghini of VR headsets, and I can get a better experience, and I don't need a strong PC to play it. And I I think that's what sony is is thinking about and i think that um as long as they push out the software i can see this being quite successful and i've already heard rumors that half-life alex is coming so it's like you've already got a whole like a whole cornucopia of games that have already come out on other platforms that can now be ported 
properly because they have better controllers, mm-hmm. they have better hardware. And a lot of these games, I'll sit, last thing I'll say before I pass it back off to you, is you said you weren't sure about backwards compatibility. I do think that is something that is you know, valid to be concerned about. Um, but I think at the same time, a lot of these games that are on PSVR also have VR versions on other platforms. Um, so I Fair. don't think it would be that complicated to port again. You'll, it'll probably be a situation where like, you're not going to have innate backwards compatibility. I don't think you will have innate mm-hmm. backwards compatibility, but I do I do also see a lot of developers just porting games over themselves because I can't imagine it'll be too difficult since they, if they have if they have another mm-hmm. version of oh gee, earthquake uh if they have another version of the game <laughs> uh on another platform it, I could see them porting it with without too much effort. I think you make a good point. I think especially how hard they seem to be going with this like i saw a lot of people just on the psvi ps5 subreddit not even the psvr subreddit that are be like oh crap i might need to dive in now i think it was one of those things where a lot of people were watching what psvr was and watching vr as a whole yeah. and now kind of i think this will be a lot of people's kind of jumping in point um let's talk a little bit about horizon call of the mountain um because i'm curious darren do you think this is going to be a full open world not necessarily to the you know possibly to the size of zero dawn uh but do you think this is going to be like uh here's your bow and arrow run around fight these monsters or do you think this is going to be like a more linear experience where are your kind of where are your thoughts on landing uh on call of the mountain like do you think this is going to be a full proper horizon or is this going to be like a horizon experience if that makes sense i think it's going to be somewhere in the middle i think it's going to be okay. a full game i think it's going to be a full game mm. like it's not going to be just an experience like batman arkham vr or something like that Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a proper game that has, like, real true gameplay and, like, progression and stuff like that. But I also don't think it's going to be anywhere near as open as actual Horizon Zero Dawn. I think it's going to be very level-based. It's going to be something probably closer to, like, Uncharted, where it's going to be a guided experience, but it will feel Hmm. like a full game. That's what I'm pretty And that's kind of what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for. I, I just don't want this to be like an on rails, like you're on a horizon roller coaster shooting different animals as you go kind of thing. Because like yeah. that's that that's what well that, the a PSVR suffered a lot from those kinds of experiences. And not to say that all yeah. of those were bad, not to say all of those were good, but you do want some different something different. If they're kind of going this hard yeah. with it, you would you would hope that it's going to be something along the lines of a Half Life Alix, um, that yeah. um, you know that you're God able to play Alex, there. You son of a bitch. Uh, and like I'm 100% confident that that's going to come day and date alongside Horizon. I think like if you're making a use case of okay, here's Half-Life Alyx and uh Horizon Call of the Mountain, uh you know, here are your launch titles. I think that's a pretty easy sell for a lot of people to hop in. Yeah. Um so I'm curious I'm curious to see more from this. We got a very short trailer and god damn it that looks fucking beautiful though. Those graphics? It does look really look good. Look incredible. Uh, so if they're able yeah. to kind of keep up that level of quality throughout the entirety of the game, I am incredibly excited for it. Uh, so the last thing I want to ask you, Darren, before we before we mosey off of um, uh, VR and, and Alix, um, well, there have been reports, there have been rumors, there's been stuff going around that, you know, PlayStation approached a number of its kind of, you know, uh, first party developers and said, if you can put a VR mode into your game, that would be great. Like, make it playable. You know, just like Resident Evil 7 was, make it playable, um, you know, on VR and off VR. If that is true, let's 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 put on our, our thinking caps here for a second and assume that is true. What first party games do you think we're going to start seeing this with? Like 
Where, where do you think this is going to come from? I'm I'm glad you said what first party games because my if you if you're not counting first party, I'm like, come on, Capcom announce VR for Resident Evil Eight already. Like, do it, right? Like, please, mm-hmm. I want Village in VR. Um, right. Uh, but for first party, <clears throat> I think uh, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Insomniac, and it's going to be Spider Man. I think Insomniac is going to do a Spider-Man VR because Insomniac is, is that what you were going to say? Or am I just getting your hopes up and you're like real sad because you don't want to have your hopes up too high? My my hopes are so high. Because Insomniac has the tech. They have the pipeline. They have the competence as a studio to have a very well done VR mode added onto one of their games. You really think so, Abe? I just don't know if between... I would agree with you, normally. I just don't know if between Spider-Man and Wolverine that they might not be too busy already. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I would obviously be overjoyed, whether it's Spider-Man or whether it's Wolverine. Whether that whether that's because maybe because Wolverine is earlier on in development, they're able to kind of build from the ground up a little more for it. Uh, especially, like, I would imagine Wolverine's going to be a much more... God of War slash Uncharted esque experience compared to yeah. your open world with Spider Man. I can totally see that. I think you're. I think. Um, I think Ghost of Tsushima is a pretty easy sell. That's a cool. Uh, one too. I think. That'd I think cool those one. first person samurai battles in that world. Um, VR sword combat, especially because. That's what I'm saying. I think. I think that it's entirely possible that we get Ghost of Tsushima two that has a VR mode or or you know whatever on. Um, I would love to say God of War, but if it is God of War, I think what it might be is something along the lines of like an Astrobot VR, where you're kind of in the world. Kratos still controls third person. Yeah, you're, but you're just kind of there in it. I don't think yeah. you'll have something as like finite as like, oh, I can actually throw the axe and catch it again with my hand. I don't think it'd be anything that like that far in. Um, but I kind of think that like Ghost of Tsushima, I think Insomniac is a good call, but whether it's Spider-Man or Wolverine, I think God of War is possible. I think it's possible. Maybe Um, Naughty Dog, but they take a really long time to get things done. And and they don't have as efficient a, uh, based on the stories that we've heard of Crunch at their office, I don't think they have the kind of pipeline to uh, really accommodate just like a VR mode all of a sudden. Although Last of Us, I think, would have an interesting VR mode. Oh my god, yeah. There's just pain right up in your face. Do you think this rumored uh, new Uncharted game could be this? Because that's not not being developed by Naughty Dog. Oh, I didn't hear about that. There's rumors that uh, fucking San Diego, the studio that does MLB The Show, are working on, uh, have a second team now that are working on a new Uncharted game. With like Naughty Dog kind of like, not like, not working on it, but maybe like kind of overseeing and helping, but not like primary developers. Then I could see that. Yeah, I think I think that's a a good candidate too, because it's not Naughty Dog. It's still Uncharted, still recognizable. You could be like Uncharted VR. Yeah, that sounds like a mm-hmm. that sounds like a, a strong business decision. Especially because like Uncharted was there for the Vita, it's been there for PS3, yeah. it's been there for PS4, it's, it's going to be here on PS5. I feel like they've kind of. I was shocked that there wasn't anything Uncharted related on PSVR one. Maybe they're saving yeah. it. But Darren, very last thing before we move away from this, when is this thing coming out? What what where's your your where's your dollars to donuts? When do you think it's coming? I have this feeling it's not coming out this year. I don't know why. Because I, okay, I, this is a prediction where I don't think I would fault anyone for thinking it's going to come out this year. Because 
I think mm. I'm actually going to be wrong by predicting it's not coming out this year. I think I'm predicting <laughs> wrong, but I, I, I think for some reason there's something telling me, you know, just like pandemic and, and stuff yeah. like that. I your think, gut, your gut. I, I your think gut, it's going to be gut. early 2023, like February, March, 2023. Okay. I can totally, I think you're probably right, but my my heart of hearts, no, I'm not. Uh, you know, my my mystical elf wants me really to believe that it's this year. Um, I think like a November launch for this is a pretty sweet spot for it. Now, granted, this yeah. is chip shortages and everything aside, uh, especially just because of how hard it is to get a PS5 right now. I can imagine that like I could see them maybe wanting to a little bit to wait to release this so that way people can get PS5 more readily and then hopefully be able to jump on this. Um but I, I would love to. I would love to believe that it's this year. I really want it to be this year. I really think that November is possible. It just depends on how the rest of the world looks like over the next, you know, series of months. Uh, but Darren, let's let's keep this let's keep this train rolling. Um, let's talk about Mario Kart. Let's hop over from Woo-hoo! some PlayStation to some Mario Kart. Uh, this is written by Jared Moore again over at IGN. Mario Kart 9 is reportedly in development, quote unquote, with a new twist. According to an industry analyst, Mario Kart 9 is currently in active development, will have a new racing twist and could be teased this year. Uh, the speculation surrounding the game comes from Tokyo-based industry analyst Dr. Sirkin Toto, who when writing his predictions for the upcoming year for gamesindustry.biz said that a new entry in the beloved racing series is on the way. I'm aware Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is still selling very well on the Nintendo Switch, but Mario Kart 9 is in active development. He said before saying that Nintendo could tease their next entry of the franchise this year. So the kind of the thing that um, a lot of people are focusing on is this is this new twist, Darren. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm there are some people online who have some theories and some suggestions. Um, apparently some people are saying that it could be a more like F1-centric take. Uh, which could apparently be like it's going to be less sim and a little bit more not realistic. That's not the right way to say it, but like there's going to be a damage system to the carts. Um, you know, there's different kind of lanes that you're going to, have to focus on a little bit more. But Dan, what I want to know is, what do you think this new twist is going to be? Because we both love Mario Kart, we're big fans. We especially the last entry I know is is one of your favorites. What do you think this twist is going to be with Mario Kart Nine? They've done double Good. dash. They've done multiple racers. They've done a bunch of stuff. What do you think it is? Good question. Um, I have this feeling deep inside that um, the twist is going to be that it's going to be very similar to one of my favorite racing games, Diddy Kong Racing, where you will have different vehicle types. And I'm not just talking motorcycles and carts. I'm talking planes and hovercrafts. So tracks will have different ways to traverse so rather than having like anti-gravity and gliders, there'll be actual flying mm. or maybe some actual like submarine races. So that's where I think the twist might come because I don't see Nintendo adding like a damage system because I think uh, the one of the benefits of Mario Kart is that it's not that competitive and there's always a way to catch up. And I think having like mm-hmm. damage and possibly breaking uh, your vehicle or something would go against the idea of like always having a chance to catch up because I feel like the punishment for crashing would have to be pretty severe. Um, 
mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be severe, but then it's like, then it, then what's the point of even including it? So if what's it's the point? Like a, yeah. That, that's my prediction. I don't know. What about you? I think you're spot on, dude. That's actually exactly what I was going to say. Uh, I think we're going to see some planes. I think we're going to see some hovercraft. I think we're going to see some things. I also wouldn't be surprised if we get a bit of a hub world, something a lot like, you know, a la um, Mod Nation Racers. Yeah, some kind of single player thing or something like that. Yeah, I could like I could see there being a bit of a hub world where you kind of you know you drive around to different things. I don't think it's gonna be massive. I don't think it's gonna be like an open world by any by any stretch of the imagination. But I I, I kind of feel like there might be a hub, like a hub world where you can collect certain unlockables. You can find some collectibles. Like depending on which kind of you know thing you're going to use, you'll be able to kind of explore new areas of it. Like I don't think they're gonna go anything like too full board. Uh, but I can sure. see there being a hub world, if not a few hub worlds that are kind of like here's the desert hub world, here's this hub world where you might be able to interact a little bit differently. Uh, just because like. I think there might actually be a bit of like an actual story mode as well, given that what we've seen with the Mario sports games as of late, and I'm kind of lumping Mario Kart is as a Mario sports game um, with tennis and with golf. They both have like a dedicated single player mode. Um, we're not talking about the quality of that dedicated single player mode, but they were there. <laughs> um, so I think you will still have stuff like your, your, you know, your cups, your normal races, but I think there might try and add in like some sort of like quote unquote story yeah, I tell you, um, I sure it. hope that the people developing Mario Kart 8 or Mario Kart 9 uh, are not the same team that makes the golf and tennis games because they, they like, no offense to them, but they feel, like, devoid of life. Like, the old sports games, like tennis <laughs> on the GameCube and, like, golf on the GameCube, mm-hmm. they felt like they had character. The stages had, like, mushrooms growing out of them, and there was, like, weird obstacles, and it was, like, super colorful but like for some reason recently on the switch mario tennis and mario golf have been scaled back to feel more like realistic almost like not obviously in the play style but like in the vibe like rather than going in having a course inside a jungle where like there's poisonous like stuff around you and the the stage is like alive it's like normal courses with a jungle background or like yeah yeah. a court with just like regular and, and like the the characters are wearing like normal tennis clothes and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, get out of here! I want weird, wacky. Get weird crap. with it. It's Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, I hope you're right. I hope that you know whoever developed it last time around, because you know I know a lot of people really, really love the century and given by their sales, like they completely knocked it out of the park. Uh, I, I hope we have a bit of a more robust offering when it comes to its tracks and everything else. And I really hope that Nintendo doesn't do what Nintendo's been doing with a lot of these games. Is here is like a little bit, and we promise there will be more. Maybe we say <laughs> there will be more, but there might be. Uh, I hope they wouldn't play around with Mario Kart in such a significant way, uh, just yeah. because this is pretty much one of their biggest, you know, tentpole franchises. Um, yeah, regardless of Mario or not. So I'm, I'm hoping we get some cool stuff with it, um, and I hope we get some cool guest characters. I, yes. I think why not? The world, the world loves crossovers right now. Um, you know, give me some Mega Man. Uh, give me some Dante from Devil May Cry. Uh, give me some I keep Bloodborne. Si- you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to go that far, but I will say that I I keep tell I keep saying that Nintendo needs to make Mario Kart a little bit more like Smash Bros, where they have at the very least some like more Zelda influenced stuff, some Star Fox influenced stuff, some Metroid influenced stuff, like, and that would make new vehicles cool. Like, picture like a space race where you're in R wings. Or like an uh like a Metroid based like lava race where you're in these like submarines going through like freaking magmore and morph balls and morph balls (laughs) that'd be cool so yeah no 
I'm curious to see what what's going to happen from it. Um, which I I mean, if if this if this industry insider is is to be believed, we will see our first bit of it next. Uh, you know, this year, uh, which I guess means it's coming out in 2027. Uh, if Nintendo's calendars <laughs> are anything to be shown. Uh, the last thing that we're going to talk about today is a bit of a sad story and a bit of a confusing one, uh, but I feel like we needed to touch on it because it is uh, an important one for the industry. Uh, written by Rebecca Valentine um, over at IGN, E3 2022 cancels in-person event while digital show remains uncertain. Uh, I'm going to read a bit of this because they've actually been, uh, Rebecca tweeted about this afterwards, talking about how they've actually been digging into the story for months and it does seem like there's something more going on than just, oh no, pandemic, E3, uh, you know, in-person has been canceled. So Rebecca writes, the ESA has canceled its in-person event for E3 2022, according <laughs> to a statement shared with IGN by the ESA. But while they point to upcoming announcements, the future of the show this year and beyond remains unclear. Due to ongoing health risks surrounding COVID-19 and its potential impact on the safety of exhibitors and attendees, E3 will not be held in person in 2022. Um, and they basically go on to say, but I'm going to drop a little bit further on. It actually says, meanwhile... E3's future has been a question mark for some time now. In 2022, the show, the 20, 2022 show never had firm dates set and was never official on the LACC calendar, despite past shows, physical and digitals being scheduled over a year in advance. Um, so there, there's a, I'm going to make sure we link this in the show notes because I do think it's an interesting article. But Rebecca goes on to write, apparently, they kind of gave up whatever dates that they had uh, months ago. Uh, it seems like this physical thing is not was not going to happen regardless of what was going on, uh, and it seems now that there's a number of you know publishers and developers who are really not that keen uh, on being there. And Darren, this makes me upset because E3 has something that you know, is something that you and I have looked forward to for years and years and years. We used to watch it back, you know, on TV, and that was the thing. Uh, and we got to cover it last year as as an outlet. We we got to be at the you know digital E3. Um, and to be fair, it kind of it was kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, last I was year was, was was not great. Um, the digital infrastructure was horrible. Um, yeah. you know the being able to interact with the developers and everything was next to impossible. Uh, yeah. The showcases themselves largely were a waste. Xbox w- was a landslide leader outside of things like Guerrilla Collective uh, and Black Voices in Gaming. There was some really yeah. interesting stuff, but as a as a as a showcase and a, and a number of like square enixes was garbage. Capcoms was garbage. Uh, you know, there was, there was so little there to be excited about. Darren, is this, is this the death of E3 as we know it is, is it, like, is E3 even going to happen this year, even as a digital thing? It sounds like it's the death of E3. It really does sound like it. it's, it is. And, and you know what? Like, like obviously as someone who has not been a part of E3, like, the industry for very long like i'm just looking at it from an outsider and from an outsider's perspective yeah i'm going to be sentimental and i'm going to miss it because i i i did really enjoy the hype around it and like looking at what's coming and Mm -hmm. being excited for video games that part i will miss but like from my understanding a lot of the industry actively hated e3 like they thought it was a big pain they they didn't like being a part Mm -hmm. of it it put a lot of stress on developers to try and make like trailers and demos and stuff like that when the game's not necessarily ready for prime time, it was just big, a big hassle for a lot of people. So, you know what? I think it's probably for the best that it goes away and that developers and publishers just move to, you know, systems where they announce games when they're ready to be announced. And we don't make a big giant pa- like pageantry filled show about it. 
Well, the thing is, like, I, I agree with you. Like, you know, especially a lot of times developers would take a lot of time to make vertical slices for games that they would never actually use, although it was just, you know, like a sizzle thing. Um, and E3 has been in hot water for a long time between it's, you know, the the fucking, what was it, watchdogs of your where, you know, oh, people yeah. were constantly comparing E3 trailers to anything that came after. I mean, Jeff Keighley yeah. with Summer Game Fest now and the Game Awards and like there's and all the major developers and publishers doing their own thing at whenever the fuck they want to do it. E3's come become kind of an antiquated space. Uh, as much as I love it, as much as I love the hype around it, as much as I love, um, you know, the grind that we put in for it this year, um, yeah. it kind of seems like I feel like E3 needs to go away. Uh, especially because I know how problematic the ESA is as well. Apparently, there's been a lot of talk about how shitty of a company and how shitty of a, you know, it is yeah. to work with them and how difficult they are. Uh, I think it's time for it to go away. I think it's like if it comes back, I could totally see it coming back in three or four or five years from now with po- hopefully new management and stuff um, yeah. in a different form. Because right now, if they're going to do what they did last year, don't show up. Yeah. Don't show up. There's no need for it. Yeah, I agree. Um, as sad as that makes me. Yeah. As sad as that I, makes me, because I do love yeah. an E3. Yeah, I mean, it's. I thought I thought I'd have more to say about this topic, but I kind of don't. I. I. It's kind of just like, I guess it's dead. You know, end of an era, which which is disappointing. But you know, mm-hmm. I think that we are getting something better out of it. Like I think I think having a system where, yeah, games are announced on the publisher's own time or whatever. I think that's probably a better system for everyone i agree my friend but uh you know once once we hear more once we the official cancellation comes through or if it doesn't if they do decide to pivot to another digital space uh you know you'll you'll be sure to hear about it because we'll be talking about it but darren that brings us to the end of the show my friend um i realize we don't do this enough so i kind of want to start doing this more but darren if people want to find more of you if they like your voice and they want to find you where where can people do that what's your plug darren oh oh my god uh it's been so long since i've actually had to plug myself uh you can find me on twitter at burnout underscore darren it's not a dead right yes you can not a dead page it's full of life liberty and happiness um and and yeah so go check it out (laughs) destiny is at dnbc32 i'm at burnout underscore matt you can find all of our stuff at youtube.com slash burnout brighter you can also find destiny over at lv1 gaming writing up a bunch of whole cool stuff and you can find me over on yumi capri uh where i co-host the playstation drive with ryan Turford every week where we talk all about playstation all about news and a bunch of whole other stuff so make sure you guys keep it locked where the mental health series is starting next week we'll have much more information for you very very soon including a fundraiser and some other cool stuff so please do what you can oh also a massive very quickly very quickly before we close out a massive thank you to everyone who donated to our extra life uh stream uh, i'm yes. sorry that we couldn't finish out the entire 24 hours we definitely will do a catch-up stream um you know where we're able to kind of clean that up but thank you we raised 320 dollars. that is massive all going towards extra uh you know sick kids hospital here in toronto so thank you thank you thank you to anyone who donated thank you to everyone who took the time to come hang out with us uh we really really appreciate you and your time uh and you know all of it's going to the big beautiful kids so thank you for that that brings us to the end darren my good friend we will be back next week with destiny in full force get ready because shit's about to go down we'll see you next week everyone peace out Later. So I, I paused it and I have my, I just let me think about my, my thing I wanted to say. Right.
Mm-hmm. 